Welcome to Read My Lips Radio, a lively hour of unscripted conversations with savvy creatives. Producer and host, a.k.a. Radio Red, asks novelists, artists, photographers, designers, comedians, actors, musicians, composers, screenwriters, directors, and technology innovators about their creative passion, inspirational muses, and how they create. Ooh, how those lips can talk. Now, here's AKA Radio Red. <laughs> welcome, welcome, welcome. It is October already. My goodness, I took last week off and I missed all of you. This is Read My Lips Cool Conversations with Creatives. And I have two really, really, really cool, cool creatives. Actually, they're both hot creatives because they're very creative. We're calling this episode Serial Creatives, not changing from Rice Krispies on Tuesday to Wheaties on Wednesday. That's not creative. Some people say yes. No. Serial creators paying it forward. They're both helping people learn about their own creativity in very specific ways. Let me just quickly tell you a little tiny bit about my guests. I have the privilege and pleasure of being here on Zoom with them, and they're both wonderful. And I'm watching them, and I can see them think. Brian, can you smile? Brian is going to smile. I can. And Hello. Trevor's going to smile. Let me tell you who they are. We have a Brian, and we have a Trevor. Trevor's going to be first. Trevor Brandon Scharf is an ICF certified life coach. We'll find out what that is. A dating expert. Woohoo! A fitness pro, a blogger, and a marriage first-timer at 51. Come on, how many people are that brave? And she's going to tell us how. She writes about empowerment, surviving singledom, and finding love later in life at her blog, The Late Blooming Bride. And she is also a post-50s influencer. I love the way that sounds, Trevor. And a voice for strong, independent women. Trevor hosts the podcast called Done Being Single. Well, that's a pretty specific title with her husband, Robbie. Trevor, just briefly say hello to everybody. Hello, Radio Red. Brian, how are you? Nice to be here. How are you doing? Okay. <laughs> nice to see you. Trevor was on me a couple of years ago, and I, it's been way too long, so I'm glad we're visiting again. And the voice of Brian, you just heard, it's Brian Freed, and I think he and I have a running joke that Freed is spelled like fried, but it's called, it's Freed, it's pronounced. Brian was on my TV show in New York many years ago. Brian is an a serial inventor. Not the kind of guy who says, yeah, if we put this together, we put that together, maybe we'll make X, Y, Z. He actually makes products. He actually produces. He mentors. He coaches. His inventions reach consumers through mass retail, meaning you might have heard of some of them. You might even own some of them through infomercials, through home shopping channels. We all know what those are, through catalogs. And he gets to online retailers through licensing and manufacturing. And he'll explain all that to us. He is the author of the book, two books. Inventing Secrets Revealed. Ooh, we love Secrets Revealed, Brian. And you and your big idea. I think it's supposed to be you and your big idea. And he helps people bring that big idea to life. Brian mentors and represents inventors and celebrities throughout the invention process. And he had a radio show, I don't know if he still does, called God Invention Radio. He's interviewed the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office, some very important people if you want to get something registered. And Lori Grenier from ABC's Shark Tank. I bet that was a hoot. Brian, quickly, what was it like talking? to Lori. It was great. Uh, it was I, I had an, a chance to spend time with her in the green room at QVC back in the day when I was on air. So we got a chance to uh, connect there. Very cool. The queen of everything there. Very, very nice. So serial creatives. I'm so happy to have you both here. And especially because I know both of you from previous shows, radio and TV. And I thought, who would I like to have for the first show of October? I can't believe, Trevor, we're in October. I just can't wait for the end of 2020. How about you? I can't wait till November 3rd. Okay, we don't do politics, but we okay. all hear you loud and clear. Okay. Now, let me tell you that October, let's see, we're at the uh, 278th day of the Gregorian calendar. And I always say thank you to Greg or Gregory. Talk about inventing something, Brian. <laughs> this is a guy who invented something. I don't know whether his mother called him Greg, Greggy, Gregor, but anyway, he invented the calendar. It's the 279th day of leap year. And this is a leap year 2020. Barbara Walters in my ear. 87 days left till the end of 2020. And this is the 41st. Monday in 2020 is if anybody cares. But Treva, I always say to my listeners, 87 days this today till the end. If you haven't bought a bottle of something really special to celebrate, whatever you're celebrating, whether it's what's behind us or whether it's coming ahead, which we hope will be a heck of a lot better than this year, it's time to go buy a bottle of something 
or two or three, depending on your capacity. You know, what do they say? She has a hollow leg. She can never mind about people who could drink other people under the table. We won't go there. But the point is, if you have something special in mind for celebrating on New Year's Eve, buy it soon, because as stores open, by the way, early in the pandemic, I'm in Durham, North Carolina, and I'm near what's called the Briar Creek uh, area. It's a lifestyle area. It's a shopping center. It's just known as Briar Creek. One of the three stores open when I, about a month into COVID, I actually allowed myself to get in the car and take a ride. I hadn't left the house in a month. And I went to the shopping center and three stores were open, a bagel store, which shocked the heck out of me, the liquor store, and it was a wine store, people waiting out the door to buy wine and a pet store. Of all the stores in the whole shopping center, everything else was closed except the liquor store, the pet store, and the bagel store. Trevor, are you surprised? Mm, no, because people in a pandemic need to eat and drink heavily and have pets. <laughs> and pets. I mean, apparently all of the um, adoption, the pet adoption places and the pounds, they're all cleaned out yep. because people want, I don't, I get it. I mean, if I was single, I would want a dog. There you go. And I'm single and I don't, but that's besides the point because they wouldn't be quiet when I'm on radio. Brian, are you surprised about the liquor store, the bagel store I and mean, the pet store? A, a nice, a nice smear of cream cheese on the bagel. You can always use one of those. Everything bagel toasted, not bad. And uh, coffee and you got to get your pet food. I don't know. Maybe there's other things in there that you might want. Might not necessarily be for a dog. Maybe you want to buy a bird. I'm not sure. That's that's true. This is Durham. I don't know how good the bagels are. I haven't ventured. <laughs> I haven't ventured. We we all know what a good New York bagel is. We have to do a shout out. Everybody, I want you to say hello to LLL, lovely, lanky, Laura Legs, our most loyal listener. Everybody say hello, Laura. Hello, Laura. Hello, Laura. Lovely, lanky. Trevor, remember Laura when you were on? Yes. With you a couple? Yeah. Yes, I do. I do. Now, we've been taking up a, a GoFundMe collection for Laura because she lives in Whitestone and it doesn't start with an L. So the choice was, do we want to send her to live in London? Because that is lovely, lanky Laura Legs, our most Laura listener in London. And then somebody said to me, what about Larchmont? So I asked Laura, she said, I'd rather go to London. So <laughs> we're, we're raising funds for Laura. Um, let's see what else we've got here. I want to do the national holidays today before we get into the creativity DNA of both of you. So I'm going to read a holiday. And if you have anything to say, say something. Otherwise, I'll keep going. Today is October 5th. It's Monday, as I said, 41st Monday in the year. Today is Be Nice Day. Uh, okay. All right. Today uh, is also Get Funky Day. Yeah. Brian, exactly. what do you think? Should we Not all get bad. funky? Not bad. I, I, like, I like that. Now, it here's one good. that's a challenge to both uh, to all of us. Kiss a wrestler day. Do you know a wrestler, Trevor? I do. My uh, husband was a wrestler in high school. Well, you can kiss a wrestler for us then. Yes. I there you go. And it's also, it's be nice day and do something nice day. I think somebody got carried away with the word nice. Tomorrow, this is going to be a good day. Talking about getting funky, tomorrow is Mad Hatter Day. Okay. Mad I don't Hatter know. Day. You can go to the Zoom virtual, uh, the virtual, whatever they call them, the props, and you can go find a hat. There are a lot of cool hats. It's Noodle Day tomorrow, National Noodle Day. It's Plus Size Appreciation Day. Okay. And it's, tra this is a good one. It's Transfer Money to Your Daughter Day. I didn't tell my daughter that because I don't want her to get any. <laughs> I just gave her a check for her birthday. So I already transferred money to my daughter, but I've never heard it. I wonder if there are transfer money to your Sunday. I don't know. What's your wife day? Uh, well, yeah. Transfer money, to, transfer money to your good friends on your radio show day. Maybe we, we need to have something like that. I don't, know how, I don't know how I'd feel about that. Wednesday is frappe day. Anybody remember a frappe? It's like a milkshake, I think. Very yeah. frothy. They still it's, sell those? Well, some place, probably some old, isn't there an old fashioned ice cream parlor in uh, Albertson, Brian, on, uh, uh, on Jericho uh, Turnpike? I Yo haven't hands. been there in a while, but don't they sell that at Starbucks already? Yeah, they, they do. I think they, so. do. they do. So it's frappe day. It's walk to school day. I think a lot of people are doing that. It's the sixth day of Sukkot in the Jewish calendar. Yeah. Okay. I haven't been to a sukkah in years. And I'm a sukkah. What's that? <laughs> 
Asuka, Asuka, on Sukkot. Asuka for Sukkot. Asuka on Sukkot. Yes, we used to have neighbors in Great Neck who would do one on the roof until the board got a hold of it, and they said you can't have people walking on the roof of the building. So they did it near the swimming pool, and they said you can't have people on the deck. Bring a hundred people. It's not that wide a deck. So I think they did it in their house. I don't know where they did, but their heart was in in the right place. But uh, the Sukkot's were beautiful, absolutely. And uh, Wednesday is also a special day. It's a birthday of two people I know very well. One is my co-producer on this show, Ryan Treasure at World Talk Radio, Voice America. And I, I am his sister about 25 years apart. So Ryan and I are celebrating birthdays on Wednesday. So happy birthday to us. We'll leave that one alone. When uh, Thursday the 8th is National Depression Screening Day. After a birthday, I think I might have to be screened for depression. It's Fluffernutter Day and Pierogi Day. Anybody like Fluffernutters? Treva, Brian? I, I like a fluffer. You remember what fluffer? Wasn't it Fluffernutter peanut butter? Is That's yeah. marshmallow. Marshmallow uh, cream and peanut yeah. butter. Yeah, yeah the, the fluff marshmallow. I like the yeah. fluff spread, right? Yes. Brian, you didn't invent the Fluffernutter? I didn't, but I can probably put I can probably put some concoction together to make it interesting. I think you can. October 9th is Leif Erikson Day, the Explorer World Post Day. That's the anniversary of the Universal Postal Union, which started in Switzerland in 1874. No comment about the post office, please. 10 October 10th is a big day also for me because it's Hug a Drummer Day and I'm a drummer now. So Hug a Drummer Day. Yeah. Okay. And it's National Cake Decorating Day. So, yes, yeah, so we've got, and 11th is National Sausage Pizza Day. And the 12th, of course, is Columbus Day, Savings Day, and Farmer's Day. And we'll leave the holidays there. A couple of quick famous birthdays and just nod or shake or something if you know who they are. Steve Miller. Remember the Steve Miller band? Yes. Fly like an eagle. I promise not to sing. Keep Happy on birthday. Me, baby. That's it. Rock Me Baby, 1943. Karen Allen. She played Marion Ravenwood and Ravenwood and Raiders of the Lost Ark. And in Indiana Jones, happy birthday, Karen. Neil deGrasse Tyson, look up at the stars. Uh, American astrophysicist, cosmologist, and author. Maya Lin. Anybody know who Maya Lin is? Name ring a bell? Violin? I'm only kidding. Maya, Maya, Maya Lin. Maya sorry, Lin is sorry. the architect who designed the Vietnam Veterans Memorial. Oh, and she oh, designed nice. the Civil Rights Memorial. Happy yeah. birthday, Maya Lin, born happy in 59 young woman kate winslet don't have to say anything about her 1975 and jesse eisenberg the actor who played mark zuckerberg in the oh. social network and he played lex luther in batman versus superman dog of justice and jesse eisenberg is a young man he was born in 1983 so he's all of 17 plus 20 37 years old happy birthday jesse eisenberg now we can get to what we really came here for so trevor brandon Scharf, i read a little bit about you life coach dating expert fitness pro blogger, marriage first-timer. Why don't we talk a little bit about inventing, reinventing life at a certain age? You really wanted to get married. Why don't you give us a little bit of the story, and then I'll go to Brian for his story. So, Treva, I'm going to put you on speaker view now. Why don't you tell us all about who Treva is now? Well, you were right. I was a late-blooming bride. I got married for the first time at 51, and um, I did want to get married. Um but not for a really long time. I managed to get through my 20s and 30s without even wanting to. I, it wasn't on my radar at all. And then I got into my 40s and decided, yeah, it's time. And I think it didn't help that my biological clock went off. So that was extra motivation. Um, and I just couldn't get it. I, it was just hit and miss throughout my forties. I, I would meet nice people and I just couldn't, I couldn't make it happen. Um, I had tons of boyfriends, tons of relationships, tons of breakups. And then by 49 going on 50, I had had it. I just had it. I was done. I had my last breakup right mm. before I turned 50. Mm. And I was sort of um, in the depths of despair. And I just felt super sorry for myself and wallowed for a while. And I don't know, right before my 50th birthday, I thought, okay, I have a choice. I can either turn 50 and go to bed or I can turn 50 and have a party. So I decided. So I <laughs> That's thought, an interesting choice. <laughs> I am either going to hide under the covers Aww. 
and, you know, play my little violin or I'm going to turn 50 and embrace my age and embrace my single status and F you to marriage. And that's <laughs> kind of what I did. So um, it was not easy to do. It's never easy giving up. It's never easy surrendering. But um, I will tell you in everything that's gone on before that and, and during and after uh, especially what I'm going through now. I don't know if you know this, but I just lost both of my parents. Oh, I'm so in sorry. Last, in the last six months. So sorry, Trevor. That's okay. so I am <clears throat> kind of having to reinvent again. Again. And I'm having to understand and appreciate the concept of surrender again, because surrender is a really powerful tool. It's not weak. It's actually the best thing you can have in your toolbox. So before I got married, before I met Mary, uh, Robbie, so I had this, this birthday party and I invited Robbie. I had seen him on Facebook. We were Facebook friends. And mm. I, you know, you seem like a nice guy. So I hadn't met him. I just I invited half of Facebook. So. <laughs> so, and he came and he was so, he was super nice. And we went on a date. Long story short, he also was a marriage first timer. He was 57. Whoa. So I met sort of my male counterpart. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were two late bloomers kind of blossoming together. And uh, long story short, we had our first date the week after my birthday. Uh, and six months later, we got engaged. Oh, nice. And that's how, and that's how it happened. And I realized that the key to getting what you want in life sometimes is to not keep your eye on the prize. You know, there's Mm. a point where focus and determination really come in handy. I mean, you, to get anything in life, yes, you need the sweat of, you do it by the sweat of your brow, but, but sometimes in love, you know, in, in relationships, you can't force things if they're either going to happen or they don't. I think the key um, and especially to in what I'm going through now is to let go and breathe and, and have faith and have what's called radical acceptance mm-hmm. to accept the, the key for me, not for everybody. And I'm a worker. I make everything happen by the sweat of my brow. Mm-hmm. There are just things in life and times in life that you are better off just letting go and and having some faith and trust that it's going to happen and that you're going to be okay regardless of, of whatever if you attain your goal or you don't um that's how that's what happened to me so as i'm going through this grieving process and and healing and recovering i'm i'm realize i'm remembering how important surrender was for me um before i got married and that's what i'm doing right now i'm just giving in i'm just letting it take me wherever it's going to take me thank you trevor and and i'm gonna talk to brian now for a few minutes about his story but trevor when i come back to you i want to talk about how you coach in life coaching how do you coach the women who come to you presumably because they do want to find a a partner i'm not going to say permanent partner because nothing's permanent anymore we all know that but how do they find a partner late in life or whenever they come to you so i want to talk about that reinventing uh and the creative part of that reinventing. That's what I want to talk about. Brian Freed, so, so happy to see you. It's been years. Brian, how did you, you look get- great. Thank you, dear. You're very sweet. Let's get started with how did you invent Brian Freed, the inventor coach? Where did, what came to you? What juices were bubbling? When did you say, oh, I have an idea. I'm going to go manufacture it. I'm going to sell it to millions of people. And then I'm so good at it. I'm going to help other people do it too. When did this all bubble up in your brain? Brian, go really ahead. Sound? Is that how it sounds? <laughs> oh, that, that's me imitating oh. me, not you. <laughs> all right. <laughs> um, well, first off, you introduced me by saying my last name is spelled fried, but it's really pronounced Freed. But a lot of people end up spelling my first name wrong, B-R-A-I-N instead of B-R-I-A-N. So all my life I've been called brain fried. I don't know what to say. So maybe that was the start of my inventing career. You can't do that to a host on live radio. I'm choking here. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead, I I think that's how I really got started. If you want to know, I I haven't really told that one, but that, that might've been it. Um, Anyway, um, 
yes, I'm an inventor, entrepreneur. Um, I guess I'm the type of guy that looks and sees things that maybe could be done differently. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm a little cuckoo sometimes and I see things and maybe I want to make them work differently or, or it might be complicated to do. But the most important thing, whether it's me or somebody else, is to capture that idea. And, uh, and that's what I spent time doing is I started to realize things that annoyed me or things that could have been done better uh, personally. Then I got uh, married. And I started to realize what my, sorry, Trevor, <laughs> I'm still under 50. So, uh, you know, I, I, I have a little time. Uh, but anyway, I started to realize that people do things that could be doing things differently. And I started to pay attention more in the kitchen of how things were done. Then I had a daughter. My, uh, my daughter's name is Alana. She's 18 now. But I started to realize when she was a baby, all the things that us parents have to do and tried to figure out ways to make things easier. So from a marketing perspective, I started to realize, well, hey, maybe these are things that I can use, but will anybody else use them or buy them? So I started to dissect them a little bit further and just look at them from a marketing perspective and just had that list and just kind of went through what could work, what shouldn't work and kind of make make a list of what had potential And I started to make my rounds. I started to join local inventors clubs and I started to learn about the process and learned how to uh, spend money, time, effort, and energy on things that really might not have uh, been anything, but you learn just like Teva mentioned before, Trevor mentioned before. Um, And, you know, as I just developed them, I started to reach levels of success and I wanted to share that information. So I had products that I've licensed and manufactured at that point, and I continue to do that. So that means that I make a product, I I get uh, some intellectual property most of the time, I license it and I earn royalties from different products, and then I manufacture them. So whether it's in the US or overseas or whatever, I manufacture them and then I sell them into different outlets uh, and I earn a percentage, I earn a a, a net profit on, on those type of products. And then as I continued to build that levels of, level of success, I started to work with other inventors that were looking to do the sim, t- similar type of, you know, going through the motion and going through and figuring out if they can make money with their invention. So that's when I realized that I wanted to help. So I started that radio show to reach as many people as I could. I wrote the book so I can get more people to get the right information out there. I started an inventors club. Uh, and and uh, just doing things to be able to get the message out so people wouldn't make the same mistakes and spend time and money and energy and effort on things that really might not make sense for them. So that's where I've kind of gone, and, and it's been an amazing journey, and I continue to come up with ideas, and I look at other inventors' products, and I help them on a, on a, a coaching basis and consulting basis, where I represent them as a licensing agent. I have all the tools and resources that when I see something, my, my responsibility and the best that I can do is to try to figure out if your idea is going to make you money or not. And just like Trevor said, sometimes you just got to just, hey, maybe it's not this one. You should move on to your next idea. And uh, I guess that's where we kind of, I was, I was thinking about how we're kind of similar and that's how it is. So every invention that I come up with is my baby. <laughs> well, don't tell my daughter that, but you know what I mean? Like you come up with, you come up with an idea and it, you, you get this emotional feeling over you. And what I look to help people do is to say, you know what, take the emotion out of it. This is a business decision, Trevor, with you, this might be a lifelong decision, but with this, is it something that's going to make you money? So take that emotion out and make better decisions. And that's what I help people to do. And I love doing it. I've been doing this for uh, over 15 plus years helping inventors. And I've been an inventor myself for over 20. Brian, we want to know some examples of what you've invented and marketed. Because as I said in my opening, when I introduced you briefly at the top of the show, I said some people out there might already be customers of yours. So help us out. You can show us on Zoom, but we we want to hear the description verbally so that the listeners will know because they're not watching 
I can do both. So I'll, I'll come back in like 20 minutes. I'll go upstairs and get them. Like <laughs> I, have, I have them on my desk all Thank over the you place. <laughs> you know what I love about this thing? You can't see the mess. I, I mean, there's plenty of organizers that are invented out there, but me, I don't use them. I use my own products. So anyway, uh, I, I realized that uh, there, there was oh, like, you know, people who buy bread, you leave the bread bag open. And I know that there's those twist ties and the plastic tabs that come on there, but they kind of annoyed me. So I realized that it wasn't just the bread that's left open, but there was cereal bags that were left open, freezer bags, because I had the big uh, French fry bags from Costco in there and they were left open. What's that? Tisk tisk French oh, fry bag. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, mixed vegetable bag. Uh, I don't know. I, did that I, gotta make, <laughs> I gotta make you happy. So anyway, um, I came up with this product. It's called pull ties, and these are what I sold on QVC for many years. They're they're actually in uh, Home Goods, Home Sense, TJ Maxx, and Marshalls right now. So you take um, you take any plastic bag, cereal bag, freezer bag. You put it through the loop, and you push the button, and you seal it tight. So these, these uh, I, I've had a lot of fun with, and uh, they continue to sell pretty well. And they're funky colors. Trevor, have you ever heard of these? No. Pull ties. Very, very cool. Yeah. Brian, can you describe it to, to the audience so they know how, how big is it? What color is it? What is it made of? Is it flexible? Go right. ahead, they're PVC. They're, they're flexible. Yep. So uh, these were the smaller ones that I originally started with, and uh, from customers' feedback, made them a little bigger, so they fit on on the uh, pretzels and cereal, uh, on the uh, potato chip bags and all different types of things. And it seals it tight. When I was on air, I, I was holding up a 20 pound bag of potato to show potatoes to show how durable wow. they were. Very so nice. It's been, it's been a lot of fun. I'll show you another one. Yeah. This is called, well, I won't tell you what it's called yet, but basically you take any, you, you take your, uh, I came home one night, let's put it this way. I came home one night and there was no room left in my fridge for my leftovers. So I saw that there was just this carton of eggs that were that was on the shelf and there was one egg left in there. It <laughs> kind of drove me crazy. Yep. So I came up with a collapsible egg tray. So it holds from small to jumbo. Oh, that's and it, good. Thanks. And it accommodates uh, as good? many eggs as you have left. So as you take <clears throat> your eggs out, you push it back until there's that much space left. So you know what I call it? Go ahead, Trevor. Take a guess. I think Radio I Red might know. Um, excellent idea. Not bad. Thank you for that comment, but it's called Extra Space. All right. Yes. <laughs> I have one you. of those. You gave me one of those. You were on my TV show. And by the way, you came on TV with me and you brought me several inventors who you were, whom you were coaching at the time. That's Absolutely right. Fascinating. Show us one more. Brian. Okay. I'll show you the, I'll show you, I have two in my hand, but th these are, uh, these are snack containers. Let me put that down for a second. These are snack containers that oh, I came up with cute? and uh, you open it up and you put cereal or you put uh, cookies in there and you give it to your kid or you can use it for yourself. I have Elmo, Cookie Monster, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, all that there. I did on there. So that was fun. And uh, this also is a set of uh, this is a pair of adjustable tongs. So you know the tongs that you have to use for whatever, salad and all that? Mm -hmm. So what I did was I took this top piece out and I put grooves in it. So now the tongues are small, medium, and large openings. So now they're on Farberware Pro and a bunch of other brands. And uh, these have been selling pretty well. Brian, so just how fun did you, stuff. How did you get Farberware to accept that? That's a big company. That's very Thank well you. known. So Thank how did you? you how did you invent your pitch let's just briefly just give a little clue to my listeners how did you invent your pitch to say barberware customers need to have this what did you do you know i'll tell you it's really about the product um it's got to speak for itself it's got to they have to look at it and figure out if it's going to make the money like i was saying earlier so think about this if you know that there's a set of tongues that are out there and there's another one that's going to be right next to it and this one has an extra feature for the same price. Which one you think you would buy? The one with the extra feature. You know right, what I mean? Bella? So, so yeah. that's my that's my pitch. So what I look to do is to try to find reasons why somebody would want to use my product. I do research and I understand if people are how they would actually uh, kind of interact with my product. Mm -hmm. And then I the most important thing is I show whoever it is that I'm going to pitch how it's going to make the money. 
and and I do my due diligence. I don't waste anybody's time. I do the research. I I do a lot of the work for them, and I kind of hand it to them. So they're busy with a million and one things. And if you give them the right product and you give them what they're looking for and how to how to present it, then uh, you have a better shot. Very nice. This is you're like a mini Shark Tank. You're 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 all, you're, all wrapped, you're the 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 compressed version of Shark Tank. Thank you, Brian. I'm going to ask you in a few minutes after I talk to Trevor a little bit here. I want to know, Brian, do you think that everybody can be an inventor of something that is practical, useful, in, innovative, a wow that changes a market or adds to a market, embellishes or enhances like you do? Is it in our DNA or do you have to be taught or are some people just crappy at that? Don't answer me now. I want to know, Trevor, let's talk about inventing, reinventing people who come yes. to you for your life coaching, people who come and say, Trevor, you got married at 51. I'm in my 40s. This is not me. I'm talking about this, this uh, whoever this person is. Uh, and do you coach men as well as women? Oh, what do yeah. you so what do you tell them about reinventing either their mindset or how they look or how they speak? What do you do? Trevor, we want to know a little bit about your creative approach. Go I, ahead. I think that uh, reinvention has every, well, I think it has everything to do with self-worth. But then again, I think everything has to do with self-worth. I think dating is just an exercise in self-worth. Mm. And if you're get reinventing yourself after divorce, and you're getting back out there, um, it's really incumbent upon you to strengthen uh, your self-esteem and your self-worth and your self-concept. And also to, to do a lot of what I'm saying is to kind of accept yourself because that's really where it begins. I mean, I'm all for self-improvement. I'm all for reinvention, but the, pro the original product has, has got to be good. It's just, it's got to be strong and stable. And then you go from there. Then you build upon that. You start with a strong foundation and then you go and then you build. And to me, I think self-acceptance is just sort of what we, we have to start with. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. And and Trevor, when it comes to let's let's get really specific here, if you don't mind. If somebody wants to do online dating and they've been on Match.com, they've been on JDate, they've been on uh, I don't know Senior Friend Finder, they've been on Our Time, right. and and they're not getting results. Do you help them re? I'm going to use that word reinvent again because today is our reinvention show, uh, an invention show. Brian, are do you? Talk to them about how taking a better screen, taking a better photo yeah, and taking yeah. a better profile. What do you, what do you specifically yes. do? Yeah, go uh, ahead. I, I would help. I would advise them. I would guide them. I would help pick out pictures. I'd help them write a, a good profile. Um, but again, a lot of the coaching has to do with just, and this is so cliche and trite, but it does have a lot to do with loving yourself as you are because there's a good chance that you will not lose those, that 10 pounds. You are never going to be 10 years younger. You, you, <laughs> you're just, you're, you are, you have to have some level of self-acceptance and then we build upon that. And, uh, but you can, there's all kinds of things you can do to uh, put yourself in a, in the best light possible. Okay. Give me an example. Let's say somebody comes to you. She's 48 years old. She's been uh, married once, been divorced 10 years. Um, does she need a makeover? Does she need to go to that wonderful guy who works with, uh, you know, the one Kenneth, oh, I forget what his name is, the one who does makeover. Does she need a new hair color? Does, I know accept yourself, but does she yeah, need to? She may. Question. She may. Okay. Yes. What about describing in the profile? Is it sometimes people are saying, yes, petite, blonde, lots of fun, educated. I love long walks. Do you ever say to people, cut that yeah, crap? No, no, no. There's, there's a whole, there's an art. There's an art to writing a good, compelling um, profile. But yeah, we, look, again, I'm in the self-improvement business. Um, this is what I do. I help people look better, feel better, get stronger, lose weight. I mean, I, you know, this is, this is why people hire me. I had a, I had a life as a fitness trainer before this, as, mm -hmm. as you mentioned. So, um, I come at it like I'm a coach and they're my athletes. Okay. And I treat them like athletes. Um, but again, I think that by, by constantly searching for something that's better, 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 you are doing yourself a disservice. Like somehow, um, the, 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 you, the authentic you isn't good enough. It sends a really bad message to yourself. It's very self-defeating. 
the whole self-improvement world is, is rather self-defeating <laughs> because it makes you feel like you're inadequate a lot of the time. But again, yes, you've got to start with, you have to say, okay, if I never change, if I never lose that weight, if I, I'm going to be okay. And then you say, well, I'm going to, I want to improve. I'm going to make, I want a better version of, of this. And somewhere in there is, is the magic. Thank you. Very, very interesting. Um, let me go to Brian. Brian Freed. I'm never going to call you brain fried because I like <laughs> you too much. You, get, you said it first, kiddo. Thanks a lot. Brian <laughs> Freed. Brian Freed. Let's talk about the creative DNA, the inventor's DNA. Is this something if you you put 10, 10 people came to you, you said, okay, having a class on invention and you opened up 10 seats. So this is post-COVID, pre-COVID, it's safe. We don't need masks. We don't need distancing in another world. In the future, I call it the new abnormal. It's nothing going to be normal again. Sorry, that's the way it is. So if you you had had a classroom and people were allowed to sit a couple feet apart and, and you said to people, what's your idea? What are the chances that those 10, how many out of that group of 10 random people who think they can be an inventor would actually have an idea that's good enough, would be serious enough, and who could be trained to become an inventor? Could you find a way to make all... 10 successful. Brian, talk to me. Well, just like Trevor was saying, you're, you're looking for things that you can improve on. Uh, for the most part, the, there's things that already exist out there. I mean, there, there's, a, there's an opportunity to come up and invent something that doesn't exist, but most of the time it's off of something else. So you want to improve it. Um, that's a really tough question to say, uh, to, to answer, because you can go into one room and you can end up having zero for 10 and you can have another room that's 10 for 10. So it's really tough to say. What I can tell you is that many people, uh, I guess it's kind of the same thing like what Trev is doing is that there's people that just get very passionate about something. Like when you, when, if somebody finds uh, their potential mate on one of those uh, sites, it's like they, they kind of drop their guard. And that's what happens with, with inventors. When you come up with an idea, like your whole, like you feel it, like you're so excited. Mm -hmm. You want this to change your life. You want to be the next gazillionaire out there. And it just takes you over. And what happens is they end up talking about their idea to people. And you don't even like, it's hard to even like think about what they're saying because you believe so much and, and so much into it. So what happens is I speak to a lot of inventors that come to me and they tell me their journey and they're all, they're already at like step seven, eight, nine, or 10. And they didn't start at step one. Mm. And what happens is that I help them to realize that this product may already exist. Like yeah. I'm going to show you, I'll share my screen with you on zoom here and I'll show you that it already exists. And I guess I'm a heartbreaker. So Trevor, you're a matchmaker and I'm a heartbreaker. <laughs> heartbreaker, um, matchmaker. <laughs> as, you're, as I'm listening to you, Brian, um, I'm remembering when I was on your show, uh, Brian, you had um, the quit, the quitting, quit doctor. What was his name? Yes, yes, I can't remember. Yes, I had the quit doctor on. Yes. Quit doctor, whose name I can't remember. He was great. Um, I'm all, I got to tell you, there's power in surrender and there's in power in quitting. <laughs> And you got to know when to hold them and when to fold them, right, yep. Brian? Yep. And right. Stanley Robinson? Stanley Robinson. Yeah. <laughs> I um, Google them, dear. I'm fast right? on the draw. Go ahead. There, uh, too many people I find in my business aren't willing to quit. And I don't mean give up, give up and wave the flag. I'm talking about smart quitting. Strategic. What, strategic what is smart quitting? quitting? What is that? When you, know, when you know that this thing isn't going anywhere. When you know that when you keep grinding it out, grinding it out or hitting your head against the wall and, and you are just coming up empty, it's time yep. to quit. Yep. So time, and, and there's a, and I, there's a word for it. Sunk cost, sunk cost. Is that it? Is that the term? When oh. you put so much time and energy and money into something that you can't quit, you know, mm -hmm. because you've sunk so much into it. it same thing goes for dating and relationships yep. as you and same deal. Cause like people are their own products, right? People are their inventions. Yes. <laughs> and, and that's the thing. 
Yeah, so so I help people to make a decision if they're going to move forward or if they're going to move on to their next idea. And and uh, listen, there's a lot of great inventions that I see, uh, and I help them to figure out if it's going to make them money or not, or if it's going to make them be able to move forward. So I help them through the steps of the invention process. So there's uh, doing a patent search. Well, the simplest thing that costs you zero is to go online and to search to see if your idea exists out there. Mm-hmm. But you know what I find? Many inventors, what they do is they're searching and they're going, I don't see it. <laughs> it this is amazing. Or they Brian, going for to, those of you not seeing us on Zoom, which is everybody, Brian has his hands over his eyes. Oh. <laughs> I don't see it. Yeah, um, go ahead. They, they say that uh, I don't see it. Uh, they're searching with their eyes closed or they go to Walmart and they go down the aisle and it's not there. So nobody in the world has it and everybody <laughs> in the world is gonna want my idea. Or let's say they come up with a golf ball and uh, you're at the golf course and you're looking around and you go, wow, this is unbelievable. Everybody in the world plays golf. Everybody's going to want my golf ball. It does all these amazing tips and tricks. But when you step out of the golf course and you go into a restaurant or you go to a wherever and you ask people, do you play golf? Do you play golf? Do you play golf? You'll realize that it's a niche market. So look, there's a, some great ideas out there. You want to be unique. You want to try to get some sort of intellectual property protection uh, with a with a patent, uh, and you want to be able to uh, figure out if it's something that's going to make you money. So, if you're going to manufacture it, you're going to add your product to an existing product line, like I did, for example, with Farberware, mm-hmm. and uh, and they're going to manufacture it, they're going to license it, and I'm going to earn a royalty from from it every time somebody purchases it. Uh, or I may want to manufacture it where I make it. And these days, you don't have to be in a brick and mortar store to end up uh, being successful. To me, selling one product, like you come up with it, like for me, it's the most amazing feeling to have people use my product for the reason I came up with it. It's unbelievable. Like I can go down Walmart and I see my product and I see a kid kind of pulling his his mom (laughs) to get the uh, Elmo off the shelf there. And I buy it for them. I don't care. Like I, it's <laughs> that, not all the time. Listen, I, I can't buy everybody one of these things. But Brian, I have a question. Do you ever? I, I don't know how you teach this, but do you ever have the scenario where you would say to somebody, "Go home and look around your kitchen and see what you use every day," or look around your study, your office, whatever, or your home gym, or whatever, and yep. what would you like to have different or better, and come back to class next week with an idea of a specific thing you would improve rather than starting tabula rasa from from ground zero do you ever do that yeah you can try uh you a a lot of times it just kind of happens naturally because think about it you wake up you're in your bed you have your nightstand next to you you're in the in the bathroom you're in the kitchen you're in the car you're walking dogs or whatever animals that there's so many things that happen to you no matter if you're indoors outdoors wherever and you just have to be aware and you got to capture that idea. So, you know, when I, and, and when you're saying this, I, it brings back uh, where I ended up putting like an inventing class in a ninth grade um, Comac mm. High School. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we implemented this inventor class. So I went in a few times during the year, kind of navigated through the invention steps with them. And it's amazing. Like they brainstormed with a group to figure out like what they had in common and they figured out how they can make things better and then go online and do searches and see in the patent office uh, library. It's unbelievable. But even so, like I would go to uh, younger classrooms, for example, and I would show them the yo-yo and I'd say, look, use the yo-yo. So they use it and then they have to rewind it, wind it by themselves. And then I take out the automatic yo-yo. Now it just kind (laughs) of goes down and comes up. Then I show them a glow-in-the-dark yo-yo and a flashing yo-yo. So I show them the evolution of how things work. Then I take a football and I throw a pigskin football. Ah, that hurt. Look at this, a Nerf football. And this one lights up and this one glows in the dark. And So they go, wow, that's it. So then I, I brought in a couple of inventions that could have had some improvements made on it. They, they might not have sold well. So I went around the room and I said, what do you think could make this invention better? So they told me, and I said, you see, you're all inventors. You mm-hmm. came up with something that yep. could improve or make things better. And that's what you need to do. So if you have that awareness, that's why as an inventor, you keep coming up with more ideas 
And once you start, it's like, you're just aware. And once you're in that zone, so there's people that let things happen and people that make things happen. And once you're in that zone, you'll just keep finding things and realizing things. And then it just, you kind of go through the motion like anything else, you become an expert and be able to figure out if it's something that makes sense or not. And, and that's what I do with inventions and people's ideas as I look at it and I figure out the journey and basically take them here and then go back and figure out how to get there. But a lot of times, again, I'll stop them here and that's okay. You can be mad at me for a moment. I'm not here to pat you on the back and make you feel good. I want you to make money. So if it stops here, then come back to me with your next idea. But ultimately you're the one that makes the decision. Thank you, Brian. Interesting walkthrough. Trevor, you look around your kitchen, your house, is there anything you would improve where you might, have you ever thought about inventing anything, Trevor, other than helping people invent? Yes, I do. I have an idea for uh, a water saving um, dishwashing device. Uh You're going to be disclosing it on. uh, on, I'm not saying one more word about it. All right. I'm here to help you. We um, we live in California and there's always a drought. So I'm always trying to save water. Okay, but I live in New York and there's not always a drought. So right. yours is going to, so you want to figure out how to take it and make it so it can be utilized by the most amount of people. So your window of opportunity is much bigger. So, right? Right. Interesting. Right, we'll, we'll, we'll talk. I'll try to help you out. Brian, I had an idea years ago for something I thought, I don't know, maybe somebody has done something, but women like me who used to wear high heels all the time. Uh-oh, don't disclose it. It might driving. be driving. Oh, what does it do to the mat underneath the steering wheel on the floor of the driver's side when you you know what happens? You know how those heels dig in. And I always wanted something like that. I don't know if anybody's ever done it. I don't wear heels that much anymore, but... Um, if you, I started watching the new Darren Star's new series, Emily in Paris. Have you seen it yet, Trevor? No, I think it's Netflix just, just dropped. And, uh, the shoes, the clothes is just amazing. But the average size heel she wears is about four and a half, five inches tall. Luckily she's not driving anywhere. <laughs> Barely can walk in those things, but they sure look gorgeous. Absolutely. We have six minutes left. Uh, what I'd like to do is I have a little little thing I like to do at the end. We actually have plenty of time, but uh, I'm not going to do it yet. Let me just, in, in summary, Trevor, what, what's your message to people, women, men, who haven't found the one either second, third time around or ever, and they're going to, and they're giving up. I won't find anybody. I'll be alone. We know the sad story because everybody gets to that point once in a while. So what's your message of hope and, and reinvention or love yourself or whatever's your message? Trevor, take about 90 seconds. And what's your parting message to our listeners? Uh, giving up might be the best thing you could do. Okay. Right. Because you're going to fill that void with something else. And that is, that is, and I said it, I said it earlier, that's where the magic is. Okay. So when you can um, think about other things other than what's missing, I know it's, it's tough. It's, there's a pandemic right now and we are so isolated. It's, it's, it's harder than ever to be single, but, but now is the time to build your resilience and learn to enjoy your own company. Because once you do that, you won't be lonely because there's a huge difference between being alone and lonely and you will have not wasted a, a moment. You will have been working on yourself. You will have been enjoying yourself. Uh, love is out there. It may take a while. Mm-hmm. And if it doesn't happen, that's okay too. It just, it, it is going to be okay. Thank you, Trevor. Brian Freed, what is your, I said it all right. Brian, what's your message to people who think they have that great idea? I'm just going to go out and drop my job and just go and borrow $10,000. You know, F, the circle of three Fs, family, fools, and friends that you try to borrow from. Remember that one, Brian? Yes, the three Fs. Anyway, um, what's your advice to people who think they have that idea? What's the first thing they need to do other than maybe contacting you as a coach? But what do they need to do? Capture that idea. Then go online, do a simple search. But don't come up with a great name and search it and see, expect to find it. Put descriptive words in the search and see if it's something that makes sense and if it's enough of a difference. So when you're searching, you'll click on images. So you'll do a visual on it and see if it's something that's out there. Capture them, keep a log of them, do a patent search, see if it's something that you can particularly call your own. If not, then it might be somebody else's invention 
where if you did it, you might be infringing or you end up having a really good opportunity and you can move forward and figure out how to make money with that idea. So cut, do your search, make a good prototype, try to get as close as you can to the real thing. Uh, if you need some engineering or, or product design, it's out there. I used to rip the guts out of my daughter's toys and kind of put things <laughs> together. To, she got mad at me. She opened the closet up and saw all these these, <laughs> well, now, well, has she getting her college paid for? Anyway, um, <laughs> there you go. Brian, so, I have a, a quick closing question for, yeah. for the two of you. And I'll yep. go to Trevor. I'm sorry to cut you off. Trevor, first, if you had to leave the house right now, what would be the three things in your purse, your back sack, your back neck, back sack, knack, knapsack, backpack, uh, fanny pack, whatever, what the three things that you would have to take with you that you would need wherever you're going quickly. Trevor? Uh, my phone, a mask and hand sanitizer. Okay. And if it wasn't COVID, what would, instead of the mask and hand sanitizer, what would you take in a normal world? Hello. Uh, my phone, lip balm and uh, cash. Very interesting, Brian. In your backpack, your knapsack, your satchel, whatever you're in your pockets or your fanny pack, what would you take, Brian Freed? I would take my my phone, my laptop, my wallet, uh, and and uh, three probably, three things. Oh, three. that's enough. You must have a pretty big pocket or a big yes. Do you, yes, I would probably take my um my large uh, iPad. I would take the and lipstick, Trevor please. It, I would have to have my lipstick. And uh, what else would I, and my phone. <clears throat> How would we ever leave house without a phone? We, we live, right? We live. Brian, the person who invented this thing you hold in your hand, right? That has no wires, that has something in the air called Wi-Fi hotspots that lets us talk with people all over the world with no connections anywhere we want beyond genius, right, Brian? Did they lead us into this world or did we lead them into that world? Did we tell people we wanted that or did they did they know we wanted it? They they probably had a little of each. His name is Marty Cooper, great guy in California. Okay, thank you very much. <laughs> Absolutely fascinating the way our lives have changed, right? Absolutely, yeah. smartphone. Yes. And I think whoever invented Zoom was a genius as well. Trevor Brandon Sharp, it's such a pleasure to see you. I'm glad you're well. Condolences again on the loss of your parents. I know it's a very rough time. I lost my parents many years apart, but I know it's still never the same. Ne never the same. It's a new stage of growing up, right? Same. And yeah. Brian Freed, I wish both of you, uh, we, we can all say this, Shana Tova. I wish Shana you both Tova. a sweet year. We should have a good one. It should be for a blessing. And go to the liquor store and get something absolutely delicious. I want to say thank you to Josh, our engine. Everybody wave. Thank you, Josh. Thank you, Josh. Thank you, Josh. We want Josh to feel loved. And thank you, World Talk Radio. And shout out to my birthday brother, Ryan Treasure will talk on Wednesday. Everybody have a great one. Radio Red signing off. Bye-bye. Keep on inventing. Thanks again for tuning in to Read My Lips Radio presented by the Voice America Variety Channel. Tweet your questions and comments to at Radio Red 777. Join host, a.k.a. Radio Red, again next Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. We wish you a positively cool, creative week. <laughs>